The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this episode belong solely to the hosts of the podcast and not to the hosts, employers, organizations, committees, or any other group or individual. This episode is purely for entertainment purposes and is not meant to be referenced for legal, business, or investment purposes. This entertainment is based on publicly available information. Sources may contain factual errors. The analysis provided may contain factual errors, miscalculations, or understandings. All referenced content will be linked in the description below. Hello and welcome to X-Tumblr Girls, a podcast hosted by two X-Tumblr girls turned modern Tumblr women. I'm your host, Tori. I'm your host, Carly. Let's talk about Tumblr. I won't lie. I feel like my voice, um, I lost my voice over the weekend, so I feel like I sound sensual. You sound very sexy. I'll say I it. I know. It's like Phoebe. Okay, not to be someone who references Friends, but it's like the episode of Friends where Phoebe gets the flu and all of a sudden her voice is very sexy and she tries to get sick again so that she'll have sexy voice again. I have not seen that episode of Friends, but. it's a, I watched Friends once in like middle school when we first got Netflix. <laughs> We've all had a friend's face. Sometimes yeah. it is um, unwilling <laughs> based on roommates. Oh. That was my experience. Um, but what have you been up to? It's been a bit since we recorded. We're kind of slowing down a little bit for the summer. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I lost my voice this weekend because I did a lot of birthday partying. Um, yes. I went to see Louis fucking Tomlinson on my birthday, which is like a direction or dream come true. Yeah. And oh my God, this man is so talented. And then I saw on TikTok a video of fans in the front row, like ripping his shirt off. Oh my God. And I was like, and he looks That's like intense. he loves it. <laughs> and I, I was he like, does. I love this man. Um, and then I did some other going out for my birthday and spent a lot of the weekend violently hungover. Oh, my God. And now I'm trying I, to push through my week. I also spent one day this week hungover because um, my listeners – my listeners, sorry, that was presumptuous. <laughs> our <laughs> our listeners probably don't know, but this week is the hell week of birthdays for me. Well, now it's finally over. Uh, but yes. I have like probably at this point over 10 birthdays this week. I found out that there were two more birthdays this week I didn't know about. <laughs> oh my God. It used to be four, five. I don't know. It just keeps getting bigger yeah. and bigger. It's, I just i am so drawn to Leos in my life. So that's really my own fault. You can't help um, it. Yeah, I went out for drinks one night and I just haven't been drinking as much. So just having – well, having a couple drinks at home and then going out and having mm -hmm. like one really probably like a really sugary, lots of different types of liquor mixed into it. And I think that was just – just pushed me over the edge or maybe it was the burger that I had that mm. pushed me over the edge. Um, yeah. 
But I also saw the Barbie movie this weekend. Uh, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it yet. yet. It was no good. No one will go with me. <laughs> I I have my opinions. I'll, I'll wait until you've seen it, and then we could talk about it when we record. Because you probably won't yeah. be able to see it until you after you come back from vacation. Well, I don't actually think it'll even still be in theaters by then, probably. Because oh my gosh. So I'm gonna try to make my mom go with me. Yeah, you should. You should I definitely know. see it. I'm gonna do my darndest because I need to see it. I actually, I was just talking to someone about it and we were getting into the whole, like, it's not going to be a perfect feminist critique. It is a literally an advertisement. <laughs> yeah. I've watched, of course I've watched a, um, video a video essay. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched a video essay by Verily Bitchy, very good video essayist um, called Plastic Feminism. And it pretty much summed up my opinions of the cultural moment that is the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any about the actual the content of the movie yet. Um, so we'll see. I'll probably have watched all the video essays that are out there about the Barbie movie by then. Because um, I think all of the video essays that I subscribe to on YouTube, they're all making Barbie videos. Because yeah, what else would they be doing? Yeah. I need to see it before I leave for vacation because um, I posted this on the Instagram story today. So if you don't follow us on socials, you should because I sometimes post updates (laughs) um, very infrequently. But I posted on the Instagram today that this episode is coming out three weeks from the last one. And then when y'all are hearing this, it'll be another three weeks until we post because – Carly and I are both going on vacation, but I'm going away for two full weeks. Um, I'm going to Europe for the first time. I'm so I'm, excited for you. I'm so excited. I'm going to Germany and Austria. Um, and, you know, I'm saying now that I partied hard this weekend and was violently hungover, <laughs> I can't even imagine what's going to happen to me at the techno clubs in Berlin. I'm going to have to really pace myself because yeah. I cannot be spending so much of this trip violently hungover in my hostel. Um, At least you're not like a beer girl. So you're not going to like go crazy with beer probably. Or are you? I mean, are you becoming a, be- a beer girl? I like a beer if it's a good one. And I mean, Germany's where you're going to get the good ones. Yeah, that's true. I like a light beer. I like a sour beer. I like a fruity beer. Oh, you know, I like a coffee beer. That's fucking disgusting. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, so my friend who I'm traveling with, she loves dark beers. And we were out one night and she got like a coffee beer and I took a sip and I was like, I'm not kidding you. I think that tastes like licking the inside of a garbage bag. Like (laughs) that was the worst thing I've ever tasted. See, I don't really like fruity beers because I feel like they taste too alcoholic. Coffee beer, you know, if I like, if I've already had a few, it just tastes like coffee. Interesting because you hated an espresso martini because it was cold coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it was like, I really hated the espresso martini because I was expecting like alcoholic hot chocolate and that is not what I got. It was but more can, the, the expectation and being let down than it was the actual drink. Yes. And also okay. the dessert that I got with it was really bitter. And so the mm. two together were not a good mix. Okay. That's fair. 
So yeah, we're going to be gone for a little while having our fun, seeing mm-hmm. the world or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'll be seeing the ocean for like <laughs> seven out of the nine days that I'll be on the cruise. So <laughs> I could, I actually don't think I could go on a cruise. I think open water is most frightening to me. It is quite frightening. I'm just hoping that the weather is very calm because I've been on cruises where there's storms and those are really not fun. But as long as the weather is nice, it's very relaxing. Okay. I'm just going to be eating and drinking a lot. (laughs) I um, did not think about what I'm going to wear if it rains on my vacation because I literally don't own a jacket with a hood on it. Um, Girls. Go get get a rain jacket. Yeah, I should do that. Or you can get an umbrella while you're there if you don't want to pack one. I have an umbrella and I can pack one because I'm checking my bag. So I'll just bring an umbrella. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be fine. (laughs) Getting ready for this trip has been such a thing, but – I, I don't know where I was going with that. Pegging for this trip has been such a thing. I've just scratched my head and it's going to make a noise. I don't know if you could hear it. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. <laughs> okay. I could hear it, but let's see if I had. It is your head. Things. That's so real. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two Tumblr related updates. Do you have any more life updates you'd like to go over? Um, Sure. I'm playing this game called Telling Lies um, with Chai. And we don't – like, he really likes video games. I like Stardew Valley. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we don't really play a lot of games together. And But we found this one called Telling Lies. And it's like an investigative – mystery type of game oh you love a mystery i do love a mystery (laughs) so basically you are this woman karen and you sit down at your like high-tech it's not high-tech but it's like high security computer and you have Mm -hmm. access to this program that basically accesses people's webcams and uploads them all to this server but the only way you can it's giving eye candy it is giving eye candy. So you, the only way you can find the videos, though, is by searching keywords. So you can't see, like, all the videos at once, and then you're trying to uh-huh. piece them together. But you only get, like, one side of the conversation. But then if you see, like, that the timestamp is the same, you're like, okay, this is the other side. Right. It is crazy. I'm kind of obsessed with it. And there are a lot of other games that are like it. So I'm excited to, like, play more like it. Because this one doesn't even didn't even get good reviews. So... I don't know, but I, that I actually really does like sound it. so fun. It is fun, and it's like it's a good story too. You know, uh-huh. it's not it was not what you expect. I guess I highly recommend. We haven't finished it yet, but what platform is it on? Um, it's on Steam, so you could play it on Mac mm. or PC. But we're playing it on his PS Five. Mm. There's like I twenty see little Miss Clover. So. Yeah, she's modeling for for you right now. I think she wants me to open the door, so I'm going to go do that. So my two Tumblr-related updates. In the last episode, you will recall I said Tumblr needed only two things to let me change mm-hmm. my email and to bring back the porn. 
they let me change my email. (laughs) So happy for you for that. It was about time. I don't know what changed. I've been trying to change my email for months on Tumblr and it kept telling me that the email I was trying to use already had an account. But when I would try to log in with that email, it would tell me an account didn't exist. And then I just gave it another go and it let me do it on the mobile app. So that's good. I don't know. It's connected to the right email now. (laughs) That's awesome. I was actually scouring the anti-Tumblr tag on Tumblr because of I'm, I love to be a hater. That's and I saw so sev- good. <laughs> I saw several people complaining about Tumblr not letting them change their emails. <laughs> well, it definitely wouldn't be just me because their fucking product team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we can't um, get into it. My second update is <laughs> another reason their product team sucks. It's not really like an update so much. It's just something I've noticed in my Tumblr uh, scrolling experience. Um. I don't think it was always this way. In fact, I think it's new within the last couple of weeks, to be honest. Um, When I open my Tumblr app, if I have Spotify playing, it stops. Oh. And then if I like swipe down and hit play on my music and swipe back up, it'll let me do like one scroll before my music stops playing. That's so my phone won't let me listen to Spotify and God. go on Tumblr at the same time. And as soon as I exit the app, my music starts playing again. Jesus. The Tumblr app is <laughs> the worst. Like, I don't even know if it deserves to be called an app. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. And the cover for the app is still that period tracker looking <laughs> John. Gosh. And... Now it's in the same row on my phone as what used to be Twitter and is now X. Yeah. You know, that was like his original like name for PayPal because he started PayPal and they're all like, that's a stupid name because it's like unsearchable and doesn't like mean anything. And so this is just him fulfilling his dream that he never got to fulfill with PayPal. Well, it's like, why does he need to name the app X? He named his child X. I I don't know. He really likes that letter, I guess. And like, I saw someone tweet. Well, I don't know. I guess not tweet at him. They were like, well, what will a tweet be called now? And he was like, an X. Oh my God. I hate him so much. I really, I can't decide if I think the Tumblr app is worse than the Twitter app at this point. Like, I feel like they've kind of... They're on the par. Same level. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how Twitter like only lets you see like 600 posts a day? Yes, because they I like feel- reach their bandwidth. Yeah. I feel like that's honestly not even that different from the Tumblr app because every time that I scroll for what probably ends up being 600 posts, the app just crashes. crashes. And then yeah. I have to go to the top of my dashboard, which means there's like only 10 new posts because nobody is active. It is I this was why I mostly use the desktop app because it's not as screwy, but now it's just ugly. Yeah. I don't know. Tumblr does this thing on my phone where like not on my dashboard so much as my tags um dash like all the tags that I follow. Um if I'm scrolling, sometimes it'll just like randomly scroll me up or down, like anywhere from like five to 15 posts. 
And I'm like, okay, I guess I didn't want to see the ones in the middle anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God, they've got so many problems. And we're going to be talking about one of their biggest ones today. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Um, Today, we are going to be discussing something that somehow actually managed to make it into an episode already despite being like a pretty unknown topic, I would say even amongst most Tumblr users, um, Mm -hmm. because there's only one way to like trigger the program, no pun intended. (laughs) Um, So back in our episode, uh, trigger warning, wrong definitions, where we talked about buzzwords like um, trauma and trauma dumping and trigger warnings. I mentioned that, in the process of researching for that episode, like as much as searching on Tumblr can be considered researching, (laughs) I was searching words like mental health, mental health memes, trauma memes, trauma dumping. Like I was just searching for funny posts for the Instagram. And I got a message from an AI bot on Tumblr called CocoBot. And we actually, I think we referenced it in girl blogging as well because we were talking about Tumblr actually acknowledging the the plethora of like really concerning mental health content on their website and i think we said something along the lines of you know what i guess if that stupid fucking coco bot helps someone then like maybe it's a good thing you know they definitely didn't have that when we were on there and oh my god could we have been more wrong by saying it could help someone you guys are literally not ready for what we were about to tell you. <laughs> yeah. It was like last week sometime where I stumbled upon this Tumblr post and immediately, like halfway through, I'm like, all right, I'm setting this to Tori and we're going to need to talk about this because I was, I mean, I was in the middle of my work day procrastinating and I had to like take a moment to like step back, calm myself down because I was getting so upset by this company yeah. You sent this to me and I was like, I read the head the headline. I read the title of the post and I was like, hello? Like the the <laughs> just the title alone was like a what the fuck? And as I went on, there were multiple times I like gasped aloud and was like, yeah. oh, no. So yeah. um going forward. This is going to be a little warning that there's going to be a lot of talk about mental health and mental illness and honestly, probably eating disorders and uh, probably transphobia. Like a lot is about to be discussed because <laughs> yeah. believe it or not, the AI Cocoa Bot that Tumblr has installed for when you search terms about mental health is literally doing the absolute opposite of what any mental health resource should ever do yeah yeah all right i'll get into the post first and then we can talk about some other things i found yeah let's start there all right so the user that posted this is viridian river um and the title of the post is cocobot the airbnb owned tech startup data mining tumblr users mental health crisis for content so Airbnb owned first red flag. <laughs> that was like 
I actually, I was like, Airbnb owned? <laughs> like, why yeah. would Airbnb own a mental health bot AI? <laughs> Yeah, that's installed not, on Tumblr of all platforms. Not starting out great. No. Um, so, so how CocoBot works? If you're not an active Tumblr user, which respect and <laughs> Godspeed to you. Jealous. <laughs> um, jealous. So jealous. Um, you'll get this. I don't know it if I got it first, just whenever they partnered with CocoBot, or if it only activates when you search something. I think I'm it kind only of activates when you search. Yeah. Wait, let me and see. It's still in my it's still in my messages. So it messages you, "Hi, I'm Cocobot. I'm working with Tumblr to connect people who are interested in mental health topics. Type hi to get started." Yeah. So what so CocoBot? What we're what we're thinking is that it'll only message you when you search something that might be like a flag to mm-hmm. this bot, like depression or trauma memes or whatever. <laughs> um, and the other the next message that it'll say is, "Coco connects you with real people who truly get you, not therapists, not counselors, just people like you." And if you're a smart Tumblr user, you will <laughs> – that is not a good sign. I, you do not want to be connected to other Tumblr users. And you know what's crazy about this is that we actually should have known this because that is the message I received from CocoBot. I never read any of the messages it sent me following the first one. It mm-hmm. sent me one three days later that said, hi again. I wanted to tell you a bit more about how Coco works. And – It says, one, you can tell me whatever's on your mind, something that's been troubling you. Two, I'll anonymously pass your message through the Coco network of real people, not counselors, not therapists, just Tumblr users like you. Three, you'll get a reply usually in under 10 minutes. And then it has a testimonial from a user. And had I read that message, I certainly would have been confused as to why, in God's name, I would ever want to talk to another Tumblr user about my problems that I don't feel comfortable talking to real people in my life about. Why would I ever want not a therapist, not a counselor, <laughs> just another Tumblr user? Yeah. Well, I have, like, honestly, I have seen a lot of anti-therapy sentiments on Tumblr recently. That's true. And I, when I was looking through the CocoBot tag, I saw a lot of people, you know, claiming that it helped them. I, you know... Sure, but that's <laughs> sure. not going to it's not gonna discount the gross negligence and like just crazy decisions that they've made in their product. Um so yeah, so you'll you'll get a message from this bot and if you do read the terms of service, which nobody ever does, and apparently it's a little bit hard to find, um, you kind of agree to it once you start messaging well yeah and i mean i guess i didn't reply so i don't know if it asks you to agree to terms of service but it didn't yes. look like so in the post um the person says they were getting a weird feeling about the bot and so they went to read the legalese they couldn't even get through the fine print it asked me to read and agree to without it spamming the hell out of me almost like they expect people to just hit yes but i'm glad i stopped to read because 
of these following things that they have in their terms and conditions. So one section says this is not a physician-patient relationship, and the use of these services does not create that type of relationship. So all doctor-patient confidentiality does not apply. Um, great. So right off the bat, no privacy. This is yeah. open source information. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, another part of the terms and conditions is a license to your content. So they call this content, first of all, not content. somebody you know, seeking help for a mental health crisis. Content. Um, by agreeing, or not even agreeing really, by responding to the bot, you grant Coco a fully paid, royalty-free, perpetual, irrevocable, worldwide, royalty-free, again, non-exclusive, <laughs> transferable, and fully sub-licensable right, including any moral rights, and license to use, license, distribute, reproduce, modify, adapt, prepare derivative works of, publicly perform, publicly display, and otherwise fully exploit your content. I love how they say fully exploit. Yeah, it's pretty transparent. Um, yeah, so basically all that part of the terms and conditions says that this whatever you tell them is now Coco's intellectual property and that will apply even after you end an account with them after, you know, years later. Um, and they can sell and share this content, which is a huge part of their business that they're not telling you when they just message you on Tumblr. My like truly the the adapt your content, modify your content and perform it. Like, what do you mean perform? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer or a paralegal or I don't really understand legalese, which is why I'm reading from the post because I think they kind of know yeah, what they're talking this person, about. This poster said that they have like a tech degree. So yeah. they understand the rules concerning, I guess, reproducing content. Yeah. Um, later on in the terms and conditions, it basically says any harm you come to – to using Coco is on you and you can't sue them and they will not take responsibility for anything someone says to you on there, um, which isn't great, but expected at this point. So after agreeing to all these terms, this user um, decided to go through with talking to the bot um, just to like get a sense of what messages it's sending to people because while someone who's older and like maybe a longer term Tumblr user can look at something like this and be like, I don't really want to use that. Like, it just seems sus. You know, someone younger and actually in crisis um, might like immediately flock to this and be like, oh my God, this is a sign. Like, this is the help I need. Mm -hmm. And so this user um, attempted to send it some messages. And the first screenshot that they share in this post, um, there must have been messages before because the first message it shows from CocoBot is, let's start by posting about something that has nothing to do with dieting or an eating disorder <laughs> just yet. <laughs> we'll let you know when someone is available to chat about this topic in particular yeah. and then ask them to be struggling <laughs> with something else. <laughs> Basically, your trauma is invalid and actually we don't care. Go have an eating disorder somewhere else. And it's like, this is the eating disorder website. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the, the bot basically said, um, 
no one's around to talk about eating disorders right now. Do you have any other problems? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then the user told the bot that they were going to harm themselves severely. And the bot said, thanks for sharing that dot, dot, dot. I'm concerned about you though. It sounds like you're feeling pretty down or you're in a tough situation. Is that right? And then you can respond like, yes, no, someone else is. No, I'm fine. Which like, if someone says they're going to harm themselves severely, why is one of the options? No, I'm fine. Yeah. Their bot actually isn't that smart. (laughs) No. And then the person repeats that they're going to severely harm themselves. And Kokobot replies, "Uh uh-oh, it looks like your post got flagged. This could totally be an accident. But remember, Coco is a place to get support, not to hook up. (laughs) No (laughs) Hooking up via Kokobot, that's quite the way. Like, go on Tinder, geez. But to be honest... I genuinely think that is a threat that CocoBot poses, much like Kick did. (laughs) Because you're going to talk about Kick later. Yeah. Um, So it says, no hate speech, spam, or rude content. Again, if we made a mistake, we apologize. It's easy to accidentally press a button. (laughs) Now, mind you, their message said that they were going to kill themselves. (laughs) So I don't know what button they pushed. Yeah. The I'm gonna kill myself button, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, then it says, let's try again. Tell us what you're struggling with. Choose a category below. And it gives you an alphabetized list with like little emojis next to it. And one of the options is eating disorders with a fork and knife and plate. <laughs> yeah. And I'm laughing because it's so awful. Yeah, so anyway, the emojis really were not necessary. No, it's so bad. Um, and it's like, what are you struggling with? Dating with hearts next to it. Like, if I'm struggling <laughs> with it, there's no hearts. <laughs> um, there even there's a heartbreak emoji. Like, use that one. <laughs> there's even like two little people next to discrimination. <laughs> like, why did you need an emoji for that? <laughs> anyway, Jesus. this person chooses school. And then Coco says, write a few sentences below and we'll send it out anonymously. And so, like we said earlier, as Coco details in the first-ish message, it says that it's not connecting you with a therapist. It's not connecting you with a counselor. It's connecting you with another user. And I, when Carly sent me this post... And I read that and I started reading the screenshots. I genuinely could not wrap my mind around how immediately this was so sinister to me mm-hmm. to connect someone who is like their content, like their actual blog content or their searches are being flagged for concerns around mental health, around bullying, around like even potentially things like domestic violence. Like it, it flags all that kind of content and asks you if you need help and then connects you to someone else that is reaching out for help. So yeah. any two users who reply to the CocoBot, so two people who have been flagged for needing help, are then connected. So one person who is flagged for needing help, while they're waiting for someone to reply 
to them can reply to somebody else. Yeah. Because what could go wrong? <laughs> Not to mention, like, even though, you know, so, so their whole reasoning for having Coco users help each other instead of having real therapists or real counselors is that helping others has a significant effect on mood regulation and depression symptoms. This is like one of the first things on their website. And I'm sure that that is like, that is true, but you still can't purposefully expose people to things. Kids most likely, because it's not just Tumblr that uses CocoBot. Most social media platforms are partnered with CocoBot. Which um, is crazy. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So going on, this user chose school. I don't know if the user who posted this said how old they were, but I, I think they are an adult. Um, yes, I think so. And so they- I think they're like 24 from their bio. Okay. So they chose school as an issue and then sent a hypothetical. Basically, they made up a scenario to send to the bot. And they sent the bot a scenario in which they're in school. They didn't specify what um, level of school. And they said, my teacher wants to be my boyfriend, but I don't know. I think he's too old. And so that is like a legitimate thing that someone like a high schooler might send to a bot when they're being flagged for like posts about I'm confused about my feelings, like I'm something uncomfortable is going on. If a bot flags those types of posts, this is legitimately like a type of message it might get. Mm-hmm. And the bot says, sending this off, I'll be in touch when you get a reply While you wait for replies, let's try helping someone else. Here's a post that just came in. And they get a message back. And this user blurted all out for the sake of um, this other user's privacy, which like CocoBot could never um, because they are just distributing your calls for help to other fucking randos on Mm -hmm. on the mental illness site. So this person receives a message back from someone who is a minor who is struggling with violence in their home and they decline to talk to the user because they don't feel like that's their place, which in reality, like most people using this bot are not in a place to be speaking to somebody else also needing this bot. Yeah. Um, And that's what is so dark to me about this is that you're really just connecting to people who don't have resources, who don't have outlets, who don't have confidants in their life, and you're giving them to each other. Yeah. And, and letting them run like, with it. And it must be incredibly triggering if you are going onto this you know, onto this chat service to try to get help. And then you're bombarded with, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of regulation with what you can send. Like you can send something that might really trigger somebody else, especially if you're minors talking to minors. I mean, I got triggered reading some of this and I didn't even have to feel pressure to respond because there's screenshots, but this is like the messages that people are being asked to um, respond to when they are looking for help on Tumblr. 
And what's confusing about it is that one of their earlier messages said, like, no one's available to talk about eating disorders right now, but it doesn't ask what topics you'd like to be contacted about. So I don't know how it knew that no one was available to only talk about eating disorders have a different problem. <laughs> I I don't know. That's but you confusing think that, to me. You'd think instead of saying, oh, don't talk about it, they'd say, look at, here's the crisis resources, here are the hotlines. But yeah. for some reason, they're very much against actually showing you to the hotlines, even though there is a way to get them through CocoBot, it's not straightforward and it's not their first um, their first resource that they give to you. Yeah. So while you're waiting for a response, um, it will give you message after message from other people, no matter how many de- you decline to answer. And this user says that there is no option to receive a message without answering one also. So there is no option to just be on the receiving end of the help. Like you are going to be bombarded with messages asking you also to therapize someone. And this user said that they got some really dark messages forwarded to them about like very inappropriate situations, mostly coming from minors. Um, And also they got some really homophobic stuff. And so eventually they did get a reply. And just as a reminder, they had sent a message saying that their teacher was interested in them. That was their school-related issue. And the message they got back was, sorry to hear this. First thing to take in context is your feelings. Do you like him? And it's like, that is not the advice you offer someone who is being approached by a teacher. Like, obviously, and, but like, you know, this, that is not obvious to a child who doesn't know anything about unsafe situations, who doesn't know anything about consent, yeah. who doesn't know anything about boundaries, because they are also reaching out to the automated mental health resource for whatever their own issue may be. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're connecting people without resources, people who are struggling and like Carly said earlier, like the the quote unquote theory behind the platform is that like helping others helps you feel like you're doing something meaningful, but it's it's really damaging. And I think yeah. we all can like, as we're talking about it, I think it is so easy to see how incredibly harmful this has the opportunity to be. And even as this user posted that like they were getting terribly like homophobic messages sent to them because people are not only using this bot for actual help (laughs) yeah they're also trolling (laughs) which i mean come on it's on tumblr like i'm not surprised that there are people doing that because we don't want to veer too far off onto it because it it always comes back to this (laughs) but tumblr is the fucking turf platform it is like the internet central for transphobes i mean i guess other than twitter they seem to be really big there too (laughs) but like tumblr is like the home and safe space of trans exclusionary rad femmes and so connecting a service to like 
it's so bonkers because Tumblr is at the same time like a very queer safe space and also like an incredibly queer unsafe space. Um, it's connecting users and like one of the category options is LGBTQ and you're potentially connecting them with other users who are like horribly homophobic. So like, yeah. how do you think that's going to help anybody? Right. Yeah. The author of this post also said that they were paired um, with an adult whose problem was worrying that they'd been inappropriate with a female student, asking her to pull her skirt down a little in front of the class. So Coco paired this person who was, you know, probably trying to prey on kids on the platform with somebody that was trying to seek help about being groomed by a teacher. Can you fucking believe that? (laughs) It's like, actually, like, it sounds made up, but it is so fucking real. Yeah. Um, so just by going through the Cocoa Bot tag, I saw some other people's stories from like how they were reached out by Cocoa Bot or just their experiences talking to the bot. Um, Tumblr user Messy Masquerade said, just followed the autism tag and immediately got a message from the Cocoa Help Not Thing, Bot Thing. Loved the idea, but it felt like a sniper took the shot as I pressed follow. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. And another user, uh, no face, no shame, said that they got a Cocoa Bot message from a turf asking for tips on how to groom a minor. And I couldn't find the screenshots that they eventually added to them. It might have been taken down. Um, but basically it was somebody saying that they were a therapist and that one of their clients wanted to transition and how can they convince them not to transition so if that person is a therapist uh i hope they get fired and like get their license taken away or it's just somebody trying to prey on a kid that you know is trans yeah so both really bad (laughs) bad 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 but the cocoa bot tumblr is not sharing those stories. No, they're actually sharing quite the opposite. So while Carly found um, the real things that are happening because of CocoaBot, which is predatory messages, transphobic messages, we also read that there were a lot of like people using CocoaBot to try to spread like really religious um, mm-hmm. solutions. Yeah, I saw that. So like people, you know, reaching out to it because of mental health issues and the replies that they were getting were like super religious, um, which is also not cool because that's not actually helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in addition to like how CocoBot's terms say that they can reproduce your content, they post things that users submit I'm just going to read some of the like user testimonials that are posted on the official CocoBot blog on Tumblr. Now, mind you, these all have very few notes. Like the one has one note, the one has 40 notes. Um, however, there is one with 400 notes that says, 
Something I learned last night is that if you type mental health help into the Tumblr search bar, a message will be sent to you from CocoBot, which connects you with people who will sit and listen to you. They aren't therapists and it's not counseling, but it lets you talk to someone if you need to. I don't usually ask for reblogs, but reblogging this may help more people get help with their mental health. So it'd be really appreciated if you did. I wonder if the people that make those posts, you know, if they're not kids that, you know, don't know what good mental health yeah. help is. I just wonder if they've actually used it. Yeah. Or if, I don't know, I'm very skeptical because I, like, obviously, if you haven't been able to tell by now, are very much against this idea as yeah. a product. So I'll just read, I screenshotted just a couple of submissions to the CocoBot blog. Um, one user that is deactivated now. And, and this post is quite recent. Um, they said, seriously, I can't stop using it. Literally every night, all I'm doing is logging on and nonstop replying to people because I'm addicted and want to help as many people as I oh can. I'm also a chatterbox, which makes things worse. I don't remember who made this bot, but the idea behind it is brilliant. Thanks for all the kind and warm messages you've all sent me anonymously. I'm addicted oh to logging on and helping people. <laughs> like you could not have stolen a line out of my journal from 2012. <laughs> uh, like when I was addicted to kick, like, and gotten something as accurate as that. Oh my God. I don't know. Um, and they posted that like, this is great. Right. Like they're proud. Um, someone else submitted another deactivated blog. Mind you. This is not a great sign. Yeah. I don't. Cocobot is truly a life changer. I find it hard to make friends and it manifests into my depression very heavily. But with Cocobot, I've been able to find more people who feel like me and it makes me feel like I can control everything a little bit better. Thanks, Cocobot. Okay. Another great testimonial that is not at all concerning. And this is like maybe the most concerning one to me. Um, I don't just want to say thanks for helping me be able to receive help but helping me be able to help others myself. I'm close to graduating high school and my plan for college is to study psychology so I can work as a therapist. Coco helped me connect with people who are struggling and need advice and allows me to give them the best advice I can, even if that advice isn't the best there is. <laughs> Regardless, I'm glad I gave Coco a chance because it might just help me make a difference in the world by giving others the therapy they might need to make a difference in the world. Oh my god. This high schooler is convinced that they are a therapist now <laughs> because of CocoBot. Oh my god. That's and bad. all of them are tagged hashtag thank you, hashtag mental health awareness. <laughs> okay, well, we can we can talk. I mean, not right now, because we don't have time, but we can talk about the mental health help shortage. That you know, how insanely inaccessible therapy can be to a lot of people. That is not an open invitation for for-profit tech companies to start, you know, handing out therapy to people from people that are not even like of legal age to like do anything. Right. It's oh honestly, God. it's quite startling that they're able to allow minors to reply to messages. Yeah. Like, doesn't that feel illegal? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll talk about it. <laughs> but, like, um, I was actually just talking with someone recently about 
part of the, I don't know if this is exactly like the rhetoric that's on Tumblr, but something that like real life people I know have been talking about is that um, part of what makes therapy like feel like something they don't want to do is that uh, a lot of therapists are all about like self-care and like, well, you just need to stick up for you and it makes other people in their life kind of just like selfish and what a lot of therapists are not doing is addressing the like inequalities that keep people from having good mental mm-hmm. health like the reality is that the reason people suffer is because they're poor and they don't have resources and they don't have access to education they don't have access out of the cycles that are hurting them and that is not going to get solved with like a therapist being like, well, you just need to tell your friends that they fucking suck. (laughs) So there's definitely an issue with even the mental health resources that are available are not always really like acknowledging the actual suffering that is going on for a lot of people who need therapy. And this is even true of things like BetterHelp, that Mm. app where like you can connect to a therapist like 24-7, which in and of itself is unethical. You should not be able to text your therapist seven days a week. I that's You're not going to get a good therapist if you can yeah. talk to them seven days a week. But <laughs> something um, Eliza from Binchtopia shared, I don't remember if it was on a, a main feed episode or a Patreon episode, but she shared that her boyfriend tried better help and the therapist said that uh, – he needed to be more like LeBron. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I honestly feel like BetterHelp and CocoBot are kind of on par because I don't know that BetterHelp is actually fielding their therapists. Like it might as well be a 15 year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. That's really bad. Um, and like, I know lots of people who think BetterHelp is like a scam that is going to get a Netflix documentary <laughs> in a couple of years. But this is worse. By far, this is worse to connect people to other users who are minors, who are struggling, who are literally reaching out for help because they have no one else to talk to and are now apparently getting addicted to messaging people back. (laughs) Yeah, that's really concerning. Um, Something else that is concerning is this experiment that they did. Um, that is detailed in a Vice article called Horribly Unethical <laughs> Startup Experimented on Suicidal Teens. Starting out real strong. Okay. So the experiment which happened like last summer, um, users, I don't know, like maybe like, a, I don't know the number, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> I doubt it was a good sample size. <laughs> it was not, I work in data analytics. Sample. It was probably like 10. <laughs> yeah. So users between 18 to 25 were on Tumblr and similar sites. They were directed to a chat bot when they posted um, a post with some of the like the key some of the keywords that they chose like depression or sewer slide stuff like that. Um, which means that this is on TikTok. I take it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and they were either directed to a crisis hotline, which was like the control group. Or a one-minute enhanced crisis single session intervention, which is really just a type form survey. And this is, you know, I told you about the cat gifts. (laughs) This is where the cat gifts were. Oh my god! And this 
this single session intervention is still available on the CocoBot. I think that maybe after you talk to people, it'll give it to you as an option, but you can access it now. Um, it wasn't just using this really shitty experiment they did. So the founder, Rob Morris, said um, the single session intervention was adapted from work that researchers did at the University of Denver. And they were presented with a cat gif and a drop down menu of coping strategies, including hugging an animal, watching something funny, playing a video game and drawing on yourself. And then they were asked to list people who distract you and make you feel better, people that lighten your mood. And these questions were followed up with a picture of a dog with the caption that read, great job so far. You're almost done. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure this was really helping all the suicidal teens. On it was like, you want to kill yourself because you have a bad home life? Why don't you take a personality quiz? Like, really? Like, what kind of pasta are you? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I Bowtie pasta think... means you have borderline personality disorder <laughs> or something. <laughs> I honestly think of what pasta quiz are you would be more helpful to my mental health than being like recent, like being resourced to turfs on Tumblr. <laughs> no, actually. Um, and so the way that they were able to carry out this experiment without seeking out any informed consent from the participants which may have led them not to participate is because they were identified as non-human subjects research because they weren't based. They basically weren't collecting the participants themselves. Like they didn't actually meet them. It was just online. So they were able to call them non-human. I don't know if that's uh, legal. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. think that's how it works. <laughs> um, I guess if you don't collect demographic information like if you oh don't but they but they did oh, oh then that does not feel legal at all now <laughs> oh yeah they definitely did um so what alarmed many researchers was the lack of protections for participants typically a study involving human subjects would require board oversight informing the subjects of risks and benefits providing contact contracts for questions about the research and requiring a signed consent form to participate the study, though, was deemed as non-human subjects research in consultation with the Institutional Review Board at Stony Brook University, which is the university they partnered with to conduct this research. There, and therefore, they are exempt from requiring informed consent from the subjects. As a result, the consent process simply involved subjects agreeing to COCO's privacy policy and terms of service. Right. The ones yeah. that say this is content. <laughs> And we can do whatever we want with it. <laughs> yes. And when Vice asked the founder, like, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think this, you know, do you think people were aware of that it was being used for an experiment? And he declined to answer. <laughs> of course. Um, he also <laughs> pointed out that seeking informed consent from participants might have led them to not participate. <laughs> Yeah, no shit, dog. <laughs> yeah. And users did indicate their age, gender identity, sexual identity to the researchers, and the paper's conclusion could not have been reached without that identifying and personal data. And, you know, not to scare anybody, <laughs> but you can be found by th those data points. Like, 
You can. I mean, <laughs> your social media accounts, like if you're using them on your phone, if you're using them on your laptop, I, they're certainly storing your IP address. Yeah. That's how it um, knows it's me when I log out and log back in. Like it, my devices yeah. recognize me. They recognize my email. They recognize my phone number. They recognize my device number. Like I'm yeah. certain that if I messaged CocoBot back, it would mine not all of not only all of my Tumblr data, but I am sure somewhere along the lines, I agreed to terms and conditions that it would allow it to mine the rest of my phone. Yeah. Yeah. So it was explained in the Vice article why had the researchers having this personal data was really harmful is because there's no easy way to wall the collection of data off from the actual subjects. Anonymized data sets can often still be traced back to specific individuals. Apparently, 99.98% of Americans could be correctly re-identified in any data set, including 15 demographic attributes, which is why privacy experts have been vocal about the exploitation of data privacy and the unreliability of an anonymous data set. So unethical throughout like every single aspect of <laughs> this experiment that they conducted. That's literally insane. Yep. Um, yeah, you can, we, we could post the, the mini course at the end. You can like give them feedback. And I told them to stop preying on children. Mm. Um, so we'll post it and hopefully they get enough bullshit that I don't know. We'll at the end of the episode, we'll list a bunch of, um, you know, action items basically that you can take. So, right. They're stealing all this data and emphasis on stealing. Because nobody signed a privacy consent form or a lack of privacy, maybe consent form. Mm -hmm. um, they're mining this data from their users so that they can collect it. And then what they do with that data collection makes it even worse than the product itself, which is pretty fucking impressive <laughs> considering the product itself is diabolical yeah so as to go back to go into like the history of cocoa i mean it's only been around for like maybe eight years um the wow first... that's a lot longer than i would have assumed that like no yeah. one has gotten this blacklisted off the internet yet <laughs> yeah well so they've they were originally a tech startup and i think now they are a non-profit though that doesn't really mean much um because it's really just because they do research. They use the content that they uh, mine from users to conduct their research, which is, it's on their website. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, I'll just say that. But as far as I'm aware, Kick was the first one to host CocoBot in 2016, <laughs> which if you were on Kick at all, how are you yeah. doing? <laughs> If Tumblr is the eating disorder platform, <laughs> Kick is the grooming platform. Yeah, for real. I feel like it's a, I mean, I don't want to say a rite of passage because it definitely <laughs> shouldn't have been a rite of passage, but getting groomed on Kick is unfortunately a very common experience for was, girls our age. And if you weren't getting groomed, you were certainly connecting with an internet friend whose identity was totally unprovable, yeah. who was telling you, Probably three out of seven nights a week that they were actively committing suicide. 
Yeah. I've watched uh, many people off the ledge multiple times. I know I'm laughing, but it's because it is so insane that as a child, you just believe them. You believe people when they say that they're doing harmful things and you want to help them because you're a fucking kid and you have empathy and you don't want to feel responsible for someone else, which is literally what CocoBot is doing. It's like, hey, you're struggling. Want to be responsible for keeping someone else alive? <laughs> yeah. The So the reason why Coke – Coke. <laughs> the, reason, <laughs> the reason why Kick started hosting CocoBot was because a 13-year-old girl was murdered after she met up with a guy she met on Kick in 2016. Um, and it was – and I quote, a moment of reckoning for the brand. And so they decided to let this horrible platform come in and partner with them. <laughs> I feel like Kick could honestly be sponsored by that show, um, How to Catch a Predator. I don't think it's still on, but if it was going <laughs> to still be on, Kick could sponsor it. Yeah. Um, so starting out strong. I feel like I've said that like multiple times throughout this episode. We're just, we're going right for the gold. <laughs> Mental yeah. health help on kick. So after like looking into it more, you know, even like Tori and I were talking about like, what is their business model? Like we don't get it. How are they making money? Like partnerships alone can't be how they're making money, even though they're they're partnered with kick they're partnered with facebook tumblr discord telegram instagram you name it basically they're partnered with all of them like that's wild especially because i haven't heard literally anything about this bot like this program it only showed up in my like um in my tumblr a couple months ago and mm-hmm. before that, I had never heard about it. I hadn't seen any posts on Tumblr. And, like, I'm a pretty active Tumblr user. So, like, when there's a big post going around, I tend to see it. And there is, to my knowledge, nothing viral other than this post that we started the episode talking about. Yeah, and it's got 30,000 notes. So that's not exactly viral. Well, um, right. Like, comparatively, 30,000 notes is a lot on Tumblr. But, like, if a tweet has 30,000 likes, then it's it's, like not that big of a deal and so especially on tumblr where like content doesn't really get out of the tumblr platform um so it's it's bizarre that they're partnered with every major social media and it is no one's heard of it yeah in their company summary it's called ai powered community moderation and if you go onto their uh onto their website and look at their platform tab they say it is easy for young people to find and share dangerous self-harm content online many platforms have systems to detect concerning content but there are always large gaps in coverage and slang terms are always evolving coco helps internet platforms social networks ai companies telehealth services support their users at two critical stages detecting high-risk content via an evolving database and providing resources to users at risks. Um, so you're telling so, me that they find it dangerous that kids can share information about self-harm and their solution to that is to connect the kids posting about <laughs> self-harm? 
Yes, exactly. It makes so much sense. They were like, um, let's just cut out the middleman. No need for them to <laughs> message each other privately. Let's just bring them together. Yeah. Um, so if you like kind of like pull apart the capitalistic, you know, jargon and everything, basically the chat service is not the product. The chat service is only the second part of providing resources to those at risk. But not the a product, resource, but okay. the product yeah, <laughs> barely a resource. Um, so yeah, the chat service is not the product. The bot is the product. So the chat service it just harvests the data that users give to it, which as we see is extremely personal and also paired with their identifying demographic information. And they use that to train the AI bot to detect um, harmful content when it's posted. So the terms of service, as we mentioned before, it states they can do anything with whatever is stated in the chat. So we don't actually know how what else they use it for. Probably all, all the ways that they use the data that they mine is probably not all ethical. I doubt any of it is ethical. Um, yeah, you can't really make an ethical product out of non-ethical collection of information. Yeah. So, yeah. You just so, got to throw the whole thing out and start over. <laughs> yeah. So it's, this is why, like, when you search certain topics like trauma memes or anything like that on Tumblr, the bot will message you because that's what the bot is being trained to do. It's being trained to see you know, what users who are at risk are searching for. Right. And then it'll re- reach out and basically confirm, is this what you're struggling with. Oh. And they sell this idea to platforms like Tumblr and Facebook. And, you know, this will essentially help them automatically detect at-risk users and direct them to crisis resources and also moderate that content. Though that one, I have a hard time believing. I think that might be something that Tumblr says they're doing, but it is not that hard to find really problematic posts on Tumblr. And I really don't think that they're doing anything about it. Like, I don't think they're using CocoBot to no. help moderate the amount of turf content or the amount of self-harm and eating disorder content. No. And for There's a no platform way. like Facebook, where I feel fairly certain that users who post that kind of stuff don't get, like, a community message with like a resource it's just using the data to flag and delete and maybe like i can see companies using it to flag and delete content but like that doesn't help anyone either because now the user who's posting things that are indicating that something bad is going on with them like are just the post just going away. But you're right. Tumblr doesn't delete any of the harmful content. And it's like the same way that people on TikTok write shit like sewer slide and unalive and like people just misspell the hashtags on Tumblr with like, it's, it's the same way everyone has bypassed word recognition forever. You put a zero as an O, you put a dollar sign as an S. Like, The content is really easy to find. And like Carly mentioned in our girl blogging episode, when you go on Tumblr and you search something like Nymphet, which is 
if you didn't listen to the episode, it's like basically the Lolita aesthetic of like sexualizing really young girls. If you search for Nymphette, it'll say like, oh, that's not appropriate content. Would you like to see the coquette tag? (laughs) Yeah. And it just gives you a ton of like misspellings right there for you. And like without that, it might have taken me a little bit longer to find the content. I could still find it eventually. Right. But it handed it to you. Yeah. But Tumblr, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like CocoBot is a way for them to signal that they care about mental health and, you know, to have users on their platform for longer. But it's not helping anybody. And if it is, it's still doing more harm than good. And it's unethical. Like the way that they use the data that they're getting is unethical. So it doesn't matter if it's helping like a few people here and there. And also, how can we trust what a bunch of kids are saying have helped them when you are on Tumblr, like the self-harm website? Yeah. And it would it would really be a much different thing if no data was stored whatsoever. If it yeah. was just a system that like, I mean, I guess they wouldn't be able to flag content if they didn't store data though i think social there's media a way for it to be confidential right social media platforms likely can put their own content flagging into place without having this service enabled on their site i'm i'm certain of it and if they had their own flagging system and then the bot was just triggered by the in-house flagging system not by machine learning to get better at flagging content then it would still be harmful to connect to people who are being anonymously asked if they want help. Um, That would still be incredibly wrong because it's still dangerous. But if it were not collecting data in order to help AI learning about content flagging, it would be slightly less evil because it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be for corporate gain. Yeah, But it's for corporate gain and it's connecting suffering minors together to listen to each other's awful problems. And like, like the original post that we read off of, like, you might be reaching out because you're like struggling with depression and like don't feel like talking to your friends. And you might be receiving a message about someone being like violently abused. And that is not, that's not okay. Like, even if you're an adult, receiving a message from CocoBot and you're like, you know what? I don't really feel like bothering my friends tonight. Like maybe I'll just give this a go. And then you get contacted by a minor who maybe says something that's really triggering to your own past. Like who, who is that going to help? Yeah. And the end, at the end of the day, that's not what they're even concerned about. They're not, they're not actually reading through the messages that go back and forth on this platform. They're just feeding it into an algorithm and letting the bot you know, do the work, which is just such a gross oversight when you're dealing with suicidal and mentally ill teenagers who are like the primary users of the social media platforms that the spot is run on. It's um, so fucked it's, up. Yeah. And that's why we needed to do an episode on it <laughs> because well, it's like we had a whole really... other episode scheduled. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we would have ended up talking about this anyway in the chit chat, and then it would have just turned into the whole episode. Yeah. So we needed to do a whole episode just dedicated to this because, like, we've talked about in past episodes how Tumblr was like 
in um, like 2014 when we were on and, you know, mental health wasn't treated the same as it was back then. And they were just, it was just a dark time. As If you yeah. listen to any of our other episodes, you know that. Um, and if this were available to us, it would not have done any good. Um, it would have just been a disaster. And as much as we don't like to admit it, I mean, I guess we have admitted it in the in past episodes, but Tumblr is not that different than how it was like 10 years ago. It's pretty much the same type of content that gets, um, you know, gets thrown around on there and it's all really bad. It's, <laughs> and it's Tumblr so isn't really doing anything about it. And I think CocoBot is just very the performative tool that they have that's just takes less, you know, takes more work off their plate in terms of content moderation. Well, yeah, and it also makes it such that they as a platform don't have to enable any systems that say like, hey, we flagged our content. Here's a list of resources. Would you like us to help you like access mental health resources in your area? Like, are you struggling with domestic violence? Okay, here's the domestic violence hotline. Like it doesn't, it would be a million times better if it flagged content and then like if it did give that list of like what are you struggling with sans fucking emojis and Mm -hmm. like they could choose a topic and it would say like here's a website that can guide you to appropriate resources should you need them like there are people out there who want to help you like something affirming from an ai that is not from another random suffering stranger on the internet is one million times more helpful than another suffering stranger on the internet yeah, but at the end of the day, that's not what they want. They want as much data from you as they can mine, which, you know, is why they keep asking when you're waiting for a reply. Here, respond to a few other people. So much so that people get addicted to it, apparently. It's literally disgusting that it's a data mining ploy. Um, um, we could keep going forever, but um, we wanted to share some, like, actually – actionable things that you can do um, that are listed in the post that we'll put in the description that we talked about in the beginning of the episode. So if this episode concerned you, which it probably should have, um, you could reach out to Tumblr, who is an uh, official partner with Coco, send a message to Tumblr support describing your concerns with CocoBot. And you can also report CocoBot to Tumblr's abuse hotline. Um, to, and describe your experience with the bot. And if you are a minor, they have legal responsibility to address that. Um, you could also get CocoBot's attention by going on their LinkedIn and commenting on their posts. This is probably the one that they will you know, have the most incentive to respond to because it's public on their company page. Um, and you can also tag the company's founders in the comments. Um, there's no way to reach support through a chat. Um, um, you can request support on Coco's Discord, but you might get banned for doing that. So I think probably right. the best idea would be to uh, comment on their LinkedIn. You can also report it to FCC for violating the COPPA law regarding minor safety and privacy online. I don't really know much about that, but it's in the post and there are links there. So you can go read further into that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of like legal and ethical concerns. Um, and I think people just aren't aware of it. Like, I, I think it's pretty alarming, like what we've talked about on this episode 
And, you know, if more people are aware, hopefully that some, you know, something will change because it's way more prevalent on the social media platforms you probably use every day than you think it is. It is literally so horrifying to like the system itself is awful as we've said over and over, but the actual intent and purpose behind the platform and the actual way that it makes money and the actual reason that companies buy into it is so, so much worse. And this is like, it's unacceptable and really like social media platforms are at the end of the day, just corporations trying to make money off of content creation and everything you post in their eyes is content, even if that is a post on a private blog where it's the only place you feel like you can express things that are going on in your life. And that is content to them. That is marketable to them. That is profitable to them. And it's just not right. And they need to be, I hate using this word, but they need to be held accountable. They need to like actually evaluate the decisions that they make and who is suffering at the hands of those decisions. So while they might be able to say, oh, well, we're just trying to get a better content flagging policy. Well, you're using and mining the data of suffering teenagers in order to get that policy. And I'm pretty sure you can do it more efficiently. So like Carly said, uh, we highly encourage everyone to take note of these action items to message Tumblr support. I personally don't think Tumblr support will probably do jack shit because their staff do literally nothing with their time. Um, But I do think that commenting on a corporation's LinkedIn, um, I don't know if it'll have made it into the audio, but Carly looked at their LinkedIn. They have like very few employees. So I guarantee that even a few comments is going to raise a flag um, internally. But we're going to be making posts that go along with this episode, um, sharing and reiterating some of the information that we talked about in this episode. And so it would be really, really, really appreciated if um, you listen to this episode all the way through. Even if you couldn't listen to this episode all the way through, we'll be putting it in the description for the episode. But please share information about this because this is this is disgusting. This is evil. It's unethical. It's probably slightly illegal, if not entirely illegal. And I want to see Coco Bot burn. Yeah, that's that's why we're doing this. Because um, fuck those guys for real. Yeah, fuck Coco Bot. <laughs> okay. And I know we like we did a lot of laughing and joking in this episode, um, saying like you know, things about our own experiences on kick and like our own experiences on Tumblr in the early 2010s and like our own experiences with mental health and like (laughs) laughed at the emojis that the bot uses. But this is actually a really serious topic and it is um, a a big concern for users of apparently all social media platforms, not just Tumblr. We try to keep these episodes light because we are still here not to like make anyone feel hopeless about the internet. Um, we're just talking about the internet. And so if we're giggling, it's because we're horrified <laughs> and yeah. comedy is one way to process those feelings. Yeah. All those sentiments. I, I definitely agree with. We've 
luckily there is like something we can do and people have been commenting on their LinkedIn posts and because they're a very small company, they, they don't get a lot of traffic. Um, and so the comments kind of stick out. So we just got to keep spamming them and hope that some action gets taken and I'll put all the links to everything we talked about in the description so that you can read further into it if you got lost or, you know, want some more details on like the logistics and the legalese of everything because it gets really hairy um, and we're not, uh, we're not like, I don't know, what are we not? Lawyers. We're, we're not lawyers. So we're um, not even techies. <laughs> no. Um, we're just, just in girls, girls with very serious <laughs> concerns. <laughs> and we really believe in the ex Tumblr girl community. We know that if you were on Tumblr at one point or if you're on Tumblr now, you get it. You know what the platform is like. And you know that something like this has the potential to do a lot of damage. We will be back soon with a lighter topic but um i don't think we will stop pushing hate for coco bot (laughs) yeah yeah this is a tumblr and coco bot hate account (laughs) (laughs) i know we are the ex-tumblr girls but we kind of hate tumblr (laughs) that's how you know we're we're true ex-tumblr girls yeah we stuck around this long because it's just like You can't look away from the fire. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We are so excited to have you here and hope you tune in again next time. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at xtumblrgirlspod. Our TikTok is at xtumblrgirls. And we, of course, have a Tumblr. You can find us there at xpodcastgirls.tumblr.com. And we kindly ask that if you're enjoying the pod to give us a rate or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps us connect with the rest of the world's ex-Tumblr girls. Come, join, be our bestie, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.